today on Compassion Radio. When we started broadcasting from Bonaire in the 1960s, it's a Caribbean island, a half a million watts is then the strongest signal in the Western Hemisphere. 700 foot tower, and they have these little bushes like tumbleweeds. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to do test broadcasts. So one of the guys goes inside the transmitter on half a million watts. They're still not sure what's going to happen. It's very experimental at the time. They start speaking. The other guy's outside about 200 yards away. All of a sudden, this bush is glowing, glowing brighter, kind of like a, I guess, the old transporter appearance in the first Star Trek. And he hears a voice saying, this is Transworld Radio broadcasting from the island of Bonaire. And the speaker's voice going on, giving a brief scripture. It was the bush in front of him. It was actually making noise? Yes. <laughs> and basically what happened scientifically, it had all these salt crystals on it mm. that were rectifying the signal and speaking out. Interesting. But if God can do that, how much more can you speak if you want to hear him? Amen. When you read those Old Testament supernatural stories, what really goes through your mind? Hi, Bram Floria here with another insider look at the eternal hiding right behind the black and white words on the page. That's what Compassion Radio does each day. We take you into the things that are hidden in plain sight. Back to the question. When you read about, say, Noah's Ark, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, or Moses and the burning bush, what do you see? A myth or a history lesson? A fairy tale or a story ripped from the headlines? What if something like that happened to you? Then what would you think? Well, for those on the front lines of faith, the notion that God isn't just capable of doing the miraculous, but makes a habit of it, is all in a day's work. Today, I welcome back our friend Daniel Plett of Transworld Radio to take one more look at how the eternal interacts with the right now in more ways than you might imagine. Thanks for joining us today. We're back one more time with Daniel Plett today to talk about what God has been doing in the past few months, especially throughout the Central Asian world, across the world in general, at a time of great opportunity and a great crisis for the entire world. We know that's not just about COVID, but there's a whole lot of stuff God's been stirring up. Daniel, welcome back for one more talk on this subject. Well, thank you. You left off last time when we talked about incredible things God was doing, even in Afghanistan, when what seemed like all the believers leaving... And those who were left behind having no recourse to continue their ministry, but still saying, God, do something. Their prayers were urgent, they were even desperate, and God heard them. And you also talked about a story of people who were urgently pursuing God, praying, as they think, to some other God. And yet, the God of the Bible hears them and answers that prayer and sends them a message, gives them a word, gives them even a prophetic utterance in order to get somewhere where the truth can be found. I think it's amazing about how God does that, but why wouldn't he? If someone's earnestly pursuing him, even if they don't know his name, why God wouldn't care enough to step in and give them the answer they need? And they found the word. They found you. They found solid biblical teaching. They found encouragement. They found community. So tell me more about this. It's not unusual. Look at the Bible. Yeah, exactly. No, in the New Testament, Jesus was ministering. His own rejected him. He went elsewhere. The Samaritans who worshiped differently, mm-hmm. the woman of the well believed, mm-hmm. changed her city. So the Samaritans were wrong, the woman was wrong, immorality and prostitution was wrong. That's how God chose to reach his people. And he looked how many times said, if I only found faith among my unbelieving people, look at Cornelius. Mm-hmm. He called because he needed it. And God had to go to Peter and convince him to go to the untouchables mm-hmm. and see a great harvest. The hardest part is taking time to listen mm-hmm. and then doing it. 
So how do you find yourself listening? Maybe you get a lot of weird questions from people that you don't know how to answer right away, but you have to pray over it, and God gives you a word about how to respond. I get a lot of those from myself <laughs> okay. and my kids. <laughs> no, sometimes you just don't know. And by God's grace, I have a history of my parents showing it in their lives, showing you that you go to God yeah, no matter what, because he's the only thing that doesn't change. Yeah. And he's the only thing that's eternal. And then if he can speak through a donkey, if he can speak from a burning bush, and by the way, that's happened in our broadcast history, God spoke through a burning bush. Then why can't he speak to our hearts and minds in silence? He spoke to me in front of a casino hmm. to show me his will for his life. So why can't he? Okay. Explain that. Burning bush. When we started broadcasting from Bonaire in the 1960s, it's a Caribbean island. A half a million watts is then the strongest signal in the Western Hemisphere. 700-foot tower, only single tower then. Now it's lower. Several more towers build a pattern. And doing test broadcasts, none of the island goes very far above sea level. The wind blows across at 20, 30 miles an hour all the time, salt water. And they have these little bushes like huge tumbleweeds. Mm-hmm. All the trees are straight up but leaning then one way. And they cleared a lot of the debris out to put radials for the towers. Every one degree, a copper wire going out 700 feet yeah. or strapped. And so they're going to do test broadcasts. So one of the guys goes inside the transmitter on half a million watts. Still not sure what's going to happen. It's very experimental at the time. They start speaking. The other guy's outside about 200 yards away, walking around and wondering what to hear. All of a sudden, he sees this three-foot-tall bush. So all of a sudden, this bush is glowing, glowing brighter, kind of like, a, I guess, the old transporter appearance in the first Star Trek. And he hears a voice saying, this is transport radio broadcasting from the island of Bonaire. And the speaker's voice going on, giving a brief scripture thing. It was the bush in front of him. That was actually making noise? Yes. <laughs> and basically what happened scientifically is it had all these salt crystals on it mm. that were rectifying the signal and speaking out. Interesting. So a physical manifestation of some technical thing, but it was actually an analog for what we read in scripture. Exactly. But if God could do that. How much more can you speak if you want to hear him? Amen. I remember back in 1995, our organization was looking to switch to some location to do international broadcast. They didn't know. I'm not super spiritual, but I really didn't know what was going to happen. I thought I'd been assigned to live there. I'd probably be there for my life. So I jumped in, learned the language, learned the culture. And so I said, God, I don't know what's happening. And I wasn't worried. I was walking up in Monaco where the Formula One track is running, walking up the hill to my apartment, going around in front of the casino Mm-hmm. which is a prime place to go find God, you realize. Of course it is. Or James Bond. So I just walk around the casino, the big circle, and all of a sudden God said, Transfield Radio will be in Bratislava. In Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia. And then about 10, 20 steps later, and you'll be there. Hmm. No indication from your organization that would happen. No, they decided three months later. I see. You know, but I'm such a weak person of faith. I said, you know, I don't dare tell this. What if it's wrong? I'm going to be embarrassed. You know, was it really <laughs> bad pizza or was it God? <laughs> And to my shame, I didn't say anything. But I knew then, if God can tell a single guy in front of a casino, somebody who has a weak enough faith, he's not going to tell anybody. Can't he speak to somebody who's really searching for him? Hmm. Who has the courage to search for him in a country where he knows he'll be oppressed if he believes? It's a good rhetorical question, and it's one that has to be answered by everybody. Is God capable? I would say my experience, Daniel, is absolutely yes. Do all say yes? My answer would have to be no. And unfortunately, I don't always say yes, or I take a while to say yes. <laughs> I've had times when I knew I said yes, I said, God, I heard this at noon. I know I'm going to give in, God, because it's right, but I'm going to argue probably at least until supper. 
it's not a real answer, but I'm going to tell you a real answer. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, those are wonderful little anecdotes and kind of biblical scheme sort of stories where if a burning bush can literally broadcast a literal sound to your ears and be an instrument of the message, the gospel going forth, and his promptings in your heart and mind can literally give you a prophecy about a place and a time where you'll be serving him that you had never thought of before. It just goes again to show that God is intimately involved with and interested in us understanding what he's up to. And he does care that we actually get to know him as he does his work so we can join him. He doesn't want to be alone in the work either. He wants to be in community with us in seeing his good work go forth and our best sense of self and sense of community and purpose would be revealed because he was so intimate and personal with us. I've loved that about the way he's manifested himself in my life and the lives of people I've got to meet around the world like you have. So I'm going to ask you the big question now. Where is it all going? You sit in a place where you maintain your dignity by pursuing him and being faithful in the work you do, by living through great tragedy in your own family, by encouraging those who are going through great anxiety and tragedy now. Mm-hmm. Where are we headed? I mean, where's God telling you this is heading to and how we should be prepared for it? I don't know. That's the short answer. Okay. Is that a brave answer or a, a cautious answer? No, it's just real. Okay. I don't know. And you know what? There's a part where it really doesn't matter. <laughs> The best thing is, and I've had to learn this whether I'm happy, still I have no desire to see any doctor because it's been all bad news. Yeah. Or whether I receive the best news in the world, I know somebody who's there already, and I get to be in his presence. Hmm. That's the most important. In his presence, we know how to serve. He might send us out like he did the disciples, sometimes with money to take care of the needs, sometimes with nothing to see him care for them. Hmm. And sometimes he wants us to stay right at his feet. I don't know that sometimes for myself. I'll give you an example. I've been here in this country now, except for the normal furlough times, for eight years. Mm. Legally, that's a wild loophole because Social Security taxing, there's a thing called totalization agreement where after five years, you have to go back to the U.S., in our case, or be outside the European Union for six months. Because of a loophole, I've been able to be here eight years. We applied for exception, and it was never approved, but it wasn't rejected, Hmm. so we could stay. But that runs out. And so even next year, I'm going to be probably in the U.S. for six months. I can still do my work thanks to technology like this. So I don't know what will happen. You don't know. You just moved recently yourself. And that's physical. But what's God going to do? He might move people in and out around us. He calls us to love and to serve wherever we are. So where is this all headed? I don't know. I'm not that smart. In some ways, it doesn't matter. At the same time, we can say with confidence that there is going to be something next. Going there is a wonderful adventure. It can also mean there'll be a lot of unexpected curveballs. But he also, I think, God speaking here, cares about what we feel and what our hopes and dreams are. Because he planted the seeds of those, too. It's not like he's just waiting for his robots to echo back to him his plan. But at the same time, he does plant seeds. He asks us to grow those seeds and then to come back to him. So what's God turning over in your heart, Daniel? What is God moving in your life because you are part of this community called Transworld Radio and because you're the father of three young people who are finding their way into a life in the future that is post-tragedy but present love? What do you hope for in the days to come? Well, in my family, even I just see three different roads. Mm-hmm. God guys, my oldest daughter is very happily looking forward to get married. And it's a very good situation as far as anybody knows. Mm-hmm. So you know what we do? The whole family chooses to have a throw party mm-hmm. in our hearts now, yeah. physically later. 
My son's first year in the U.S. adjusting, doing a lot of big changes. The U.S. is a strange country if you haven't grown up there. <laughs> exactly. You know, all rituals and traditions are great if they're your own. In one way or another, we're all being called to care for others in some really trying times. By God's grace and sticking together, we can get through it. We might even see some of God's best work in the process. I want to start by thanking you for all the ways you've supported our work and witness. I mean that. We literally cannot come to you each day without your prayerful and generous support. Even if you've never supported us financially in the past, the very fact of your presence, your willingness to spend these important minutes of your day to hear what God is doing around the world, that in itself is a gift. To God, because He wants His work known. And to us, because I know you'll really think and pray about what you've heard. And I know that will bring about the kind of spiritual fruit in you that will feed the world. Whatever's going on in your heart from the things you hear on Compassion Radio, I hope you'll take a moment to let us know about it. You can email anytime. The address is info at CompassionRadio.com. I hope you'll take to heart this important truth. Compassion Radio has always been a collaborative venture. We partner with you to pray God's will into the world around us and His power and protection for those doing His work in the world's toughest places. We've partnered with so many wonderful, intrepid ministries over the years, and we're still working hard to fulfill our faith goals for special projects this year. We're a lean team, just a handful, really, and we have no ambitions to grow a major corporation here. Our ambition is simply this, to provide you with real, life-changing teaching and encouragement, and opportunities for changing lives around the world through special projects. It can't happen without you, so I ask. Even if you've never done it before... Would you help us? Your gift today is vitally important. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. Call us at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. However you decide to reach out and join us with your prayers and financial gifts, please know that we are deeply grateful for the support and partnership. I very much look forward to hearing from you today. And now back to my interview with Daniel Pallett of Transworld Radio. So you know what we do? The whole family chooses to have a throw party mm-hmm. in our hearts now, yeah. physically later. My son's first year in the U.S. adjusting, doing a lot of big changes. The U.S. is a strange country if you haven't grown up there. <laughs> exactly. You know, all rituals and traditions are great if they're your own. Yeah. And he likes it. He's doing well. But when you're there on a soccer scholarship and you play soccer nine months a year since you were five, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have two injuries that mm. greatly reduce your capabilities, those are hard. Yeah. And he is also, through sickness and fam- now the fourth family reconfiguration in three years, he is so deeply committed, he's carried it a lot on his back. The stresses take a toll, yeah. even on a very resilient and strong 19-year-old. So we love each other. I have a 14-year-old girl, almost 15 at home. That's a delicate time of life. Yeah, and without a mother, I'm a lousy mom. Yeah. And as my kids immediately said, great, we need a dad. But, you know, how can I be that for them? The first starts because the short answer is I can't do any of those three. So I go to the one who can. Hmm. And for myself, I have to take first things first. I have to do what God called me to. I have to live healthy in him and physically myself so I can care for those around me. It starts with family and others. So 
we live vertically in love and commitment so we can live horizontally in love and commitment. Yeah. Whether it's church, whether it's my neighbors next door, you know, taking the trash out for them. We do that for each other. That's just human. But if we quit being humans that reflect the image of God, then, then we're in big trouble. Yeah. Well, you do have roots in the States, but you're also a missionary kid. So you have always been a third culture person. And as you mentioned in the past couple of programs, you are a pathological introvert. So God has forced you to withdraw from your hole and come present into the light and be present with humanity and to live life with those all around you, even when it doesn't feel natural or normal for you. So God obviously has brought you through many stages of life. He's also made you a very brave person, Daniel. And for that, I'm celebrating because you've been an incredible example to me of what it means to be not just persevering or just gutting it through things, but to be present, to actually say to yourself, God is here, and it's my responsibility to find him, to pursue him so that he can reveal himself to me. And that's been kind of your working ethic in the things you do for Transworld Radio, the things you do with your family, and the things you do personally to find God. You go, you pursue him, you chase him. I don't have a choice, Graham. I don't know how to put it. I don't have a choice. You are compelled. That's a good word. Give me a good word to wrap up our time here because we're at the end of three programs. I'm sure there are some wonderful aphorisms that bounce around your head that you share with people from time to time because you are actually quite good at reducing thoughts to poetry. Um, What would you say the church in America needs to hear right about now? Uh, I don't know. I'm not that smart. I talked about two or three things. One is take it and be willing to experience it completely what God gives you. Whether it's joy or sorrow, drink the whole cup just like Jesus did for us. Now that didn't control him, he knew what the Father had for him. Take what you have in life. Don't deny the good. Don't hide from the bad. But take it to him and enjoy it or suffer fully. Yeah. Then love him completely, and you have to trust him. Go run to him, and if you don't know what, just find some way to be in his presence. It may be music, it might be thoughts, it might be turning off something, it might be turning on something else. Somewhere it has to involve his word, and somewhere it's going to have to involve his people in some way. And I'm going to say with his people in physical presence, Mm -hmm. whether it's one or many. Yeah, I don't like formulas, but that's where I've lived. It is a formula, but it is truth in that being together is important. I know I long for it, too. I long to be back a place where we can all sing at our full voice and not worry about getting each other sick for doing it. I miss the times of being able to sup late at night and just tell stories and play card games and be with people and not worry about our health. Right now is not that time, but it's something I do yearn for. I look forward to the time when that kind of community will not be a threat anymore. But in the meantime... We have to be looking out for each other in ways that are meaningful yes. and caring for each other in ways that are practical and really do literally save lives. At the same time, save our sanity. I know we can't literally do that for each other and force someone to be well, but we can be present and we can be sensitive and asking God to show us what does that other person next to me need right now so they can persevere through this with us that we could all be on the other side of this looking back someday saying, thank God he brought us through that. This is what we learned. I think I came to the answer. Maybe you want to replace what I said earlier. You say, what can I do? Mm. In February and March, my mom and dad needed some help. Mm. I needed some help. They needed to move quickly. Mm. I have four siblings in the United States. None of them could go. Right. They needed to use up their time or work. They could not go. Five days before I said, you know, I'm so sorry. With COVID and the world situation, two kids alone, single dad, there's no way I can go. 
Five days later, I landed in Tampa. Hmm. We told God there are five miracles you had to do. This was the peak of COVID time because of all the various loopholes where they lined up what we'd done medically. People that wanted to step in, the kids wanted to do it. I couldn't do it without them approving. There are five minor miracles. We say grade B miracles God had to do. And five days later, I was in Florida for three weeks, able to help my mom. So say, what can you do? And God can do an awful lot. And not dwelling upon the things we feel cannot be done. Yes, that's right. All right. So we act in that kind of faith. That's a good word to end on, Daniel. And I do plan to come back and talk to you more about what the fruit of all this is, the incredible work you've been doing as a ministry through Transworld Radio in in countries that seem to be falling apart, like we've been seeing on the news in Afghanistan, Pakistan, parts of Asia. But you and I both know that every crisis is God's fulcrum for expanding and growing his kingdom. We've seen that throughout history. And so we're going to come back and talk more about those as those stories come up. But thank you so much for letting us behind the scenes like you do and letting us get a peek behind the the kind of man that God's building you into. And I ask our Compassion Radio listeners, of course, to be praying for the incredible work of Transworld Radio around the world and for the teams that Daniel Platt works with to help make that signal possible in some of the world's most interesting and not forsaken places. Thank you again for joining us today on Compassion Radio. Thank you. Could do whatever we want. Did you shed your blood so we could abuse your grace for us? Is our liberty meant to be only for ourselves? You gave it all. How can we thank you, God? If we have only one life to live.
Thanks for joining us on Compassion Radio today. Remember, we serve the kingdom through you and because of you. For all the ways you've supported our work and witness, thank you. I mean that. We literally cannot come to you each day without your prayerful and generous support. Even if you've never supported us financially in the past, the very fact of your presence, your willingness to spend these important minutes of your day to hear what God is doing around the world, that in itself is a gift. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. Give us a call today, 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And we're on the internet at CompassionRadio.com and Facebook.com slash CompassionRadio. We'll see you again tomorrow.